And welcome back to another episode of the BSP Podcast. I am Brendan Petrilli, and we have another Trilli in 10 here for you. The Sixers go and get a decisive win over the Los Angeles Lakers, minus, minus LeBron James. But a win's a win. Joel Embiid didn't have his best night, didn't put up 30 points. If you took his prop bet for his points, you would have lost for the first time in over two months. But the Sixers surrounding cast able to get it done and help the Sixers with a win over the Lakers. And then we'll also dive into a little bit of the Baseball Hall of Fame ballots as they start to accumulate now over the next week. We're going to fill you in on who's getting into the Hall of Fame and who got snubbed. Here we go. You wonder what happened in sports today. Brandon Petrilli, he got the wave. We talking a lot with bros today. Cracking some jokes, the podcast wave. Goals on goals. Where homers on homers. Tutties on tutties. Got moments on moments. Just tune into BSP. Just tune into BSP. Just tune into BSP. Just tune into Petrilli. And we have another Trilly in 10 here for you on the BSP podcast. Let's get into it here. The Sixers take down the Los Angeles Lakers 105 to 87. Like I said, Joel Embiid only 26 points first time in over a month that Joel Embiid hasn't scored over 30 points. The guy has been on an absolute tear. But the good thing to see here was the surrounding cast finally all chip in and get a win over a very good Los Angeles Lakers team who's been kind of been figuring out their ways, who's going to be the top guy. They were without LeBron James tonight, obviously. King James, different story, definitely. But that being said, they had the rest of their squad in there. Anthony Davis had 31 Russell Westbrook had 20 points. I mean, it was a real light night for Westbrook. Only 20 points, four boards, and three assists. Normally, Westbrook's he hasn't been scoring that much, especially when he plays the Sixers, but he fills up the stat sheet in other ways, and that's a big contributor to the defensive effort from Matisse Thibel and Tyrese Maxey, who had 14 and 8 of their own. Tobias Harris had 23 points, five boards by himself. Danny Green, finally getting back healthy, makes three three-pointers of his own for nine points. George Niang, 14 off the bench. Drummond, 10 boards. Just He's always giving you that those second-chance efforts underneath the basket. It was funny watching him and Dwight Howard. You know, Dwight was a sixer last year, right? And, you know, I, I really like Dwight. A, a really good backup center. But the difference between him and Drum, Andre Drummond incredible. Drummond is more fluid in his motions. He's more precise. And he's more dominant because he was that he younger and he was more dominant recently, if you know what I'm saying, when he was with when he was out there in Detroit. When Dwight, that was back in the 2010 with the Orlando Magic when he was really that dominant self. Drummond is closer to his prime than Dwight is to his, obviously, age-wise. But on the court, too, Drummond is just fluid, goes up, grabs the board, put back dunks, kicks it out to guys, gives you those second-chance opportunities, and he doesn't foul. That's the biggest thing with Dwight Howard. You even saw it tonight. He racked up, what, 
4,000. But Dwight Howard had, here we go, two points, four personal fouls in 12 minutes, seven rebounds. That's pretty much a stat that you saw with the Sixers. But Andre Drummond, on the other flip side of it, only two points, one foul, two assists, ten boards. It was just a difference maker coming in and letting Joel Embiid, who's light years above where he's been in his whole career, to give him that little bit of rest and not have you have a big drop-off, obviously, but not to have that much where Drummond can get those offensive rebounds, kick it out, and get it to Niang, to to Tobias, to Maxi, to Thibel. Even Korkmaz had a, had a couple points tonight. That's the biggest takeaway for me for this Sixers team is getting the surrounding cast to finally gel, to finally hit on all cylinders, where big old Joel Embiid doesn't have to score. 40, 30 points a night for the Sixers to beat teams. Yeah, they were missing LeBron James, obviously, top five player in the league. He's not the top guy anymore. He's not. Kevin Durant's hurt right now. He would be the top guy for me if he's healthy, obviously. But right now, the top guy in the NBA is Joel, Hans, and Bede. Right now, as we stand, January 27th, he is the best player in the National Basketball Association. He is. 30-plus points a night for over a month. He's getting it. He's getting the recognition. Finally, guys are coming around. And that's what the awesome thing was tonight. Joel didn't have that absolute dominant game that he's been doing because he didn't have to. But... Still able to put the team on his back a little bit when they needed him to get those fouls, to get blocks. Anthony Davis had a heck of a night on the other side of it. 31-12. and 12. I mean, he even blocked Joel a couple times. It was a great big man battle, and it was a lot of fun to watch. And then yeah, you're on national television on TNT. You have Charles and, and Shaq, two of the best, with Ernie and, the, and everybody on there. And they're just breaking it down. And here's something that Shaq had to say about Joel and the Ben Simmons situation. Stay on beat guys because I care about them. I want them to play a certain way. I want them to play at a certain level. The difference between him and his soft partner is he can take criticism without being a crybaby. And he still wants to play. Because me and Charles, we've been on him. We stay on him. We tell him to his face what he needs to do. He didn't cry. He didn't say I want to be traded. He didn't, you know, complain about mistreatment. And that's the difference. That's why I like and respect him. The other guy I don't respect. I've been thinking about it. You're missing the whole season because they asked your coach a question, can we win without you? And your coach gave a funny answer. That should tell you you need to get in the summertime and work on your game. You don't think I haven't been criticized by you guys and Stephen A. You don't think I haven't, have, you know, I haven't been criticized by L.A. media, New York media. Great players get criticized, but the great players also step up to the criticism and perform. So this other guy, I don't respect him. I would get rid of him. Uh, Shaq dropping the hammer. And I agree 100% with what he says. The guy was all over the map in his career in L.A., in Miami, even up in Boston dealing with some of the biggest medias out there. And what he says is true. Him and Charles were always on Joel early in his career. 
hey, you got to do this. You got to do that. You got to be play more of the big man role. You got to be more dominant. You got to carry your team here. And they they've Joel has taken that in stride and has become the best basketball player in the NBA right now. And Ben is just sitting at home wherever he is, chilling. Now, I thought that was really cool. Sixers get another win. We'll see if they can carry that momentum throughout the season, and we'll see where it goes from here. Now let's get into a little bit of baseball talk to change it up here, throw a curveball. Now, before I dive into the Philly connection to the Hall of Fame voting, let's talk about who did get in, and that's singular. Only one person got voted in to the National Baseball Hall of Fame this year, and that was Big Poppy, David Ortiz, the only one to pass that 75% threshold that the Major League Baseball's Writers Association of America has to vote to become a Hall of Famer. He got 77.9% to becoming the 58th player elected in the first year of his eligibility to be elected into the Hall of Fame. Only guy. Now, this is huge because this was the last year for guys like Barry Bond, Sammy Sosa, Roger Clemens. They all get shut out of Cooperstown. (laughs) It's funny. I've always been on the fence of this conversation, but if Big Poppy's getting in on the first ballot and Barry Bonds isn't in at all, that is insane. Absolutely insane. I joke with my buddy Greg all the time. You know, he's not a he, he hates Barry Bonds because of the PEDs and stuff like that. Big Poppy's getting in on the first ballot. Now, allegedly, of course, Big Poppy had his own problems with PEDs. And he's getting in on the first ballot. And baseball writers are able just to throw him in like that. Barry Bonds deserves steroids before he took the steroids. He deserved to be in. Nobody has ever feared a guy as much as they did Barry Bonds or even Roger Clemens when he stepped in the batter's box. Now, do they have performance-enhancing drugs? Yeah. Of course. But that doesn't change the fact that when you get in there, these guys have the God-given talent to do what they have been able to do their whole career and to come back in a position where baseball was dying in the 2000s and the 90s where McGuire and Sosa and Bonds brought back baseball to life by hitting dingers. You can't ride that wave at the time and now penalize them for that for years of the MLB mishandling the situations and now giving other guys who had the same kind of doubt let into the Hall of Fame, I think it's just a joke. To have writers be the the final judge and jury of it, I think is a joke. Now, I can go on and on about Let's wrap this BSP Trillion 10 up with a little bit of the Philly connection here to the Hall of Fame where Jimmy Rollins gets 11% of the vote. And my boy, this is the biggest argument I want to do here as we wrap up the show. 
Ryan Howard. The big piece only gets point one of the vote. Point one. That's insane. Now, from what I'm reading, Ryan Howard won't be on the Hall of Fame ballot moving forward because you need over a 5% vote to keep your name on the ballot. Now, Jimmy will. Bobby Abreu is still there. Scott Rowland has been making his way up where I think that's kind of the trajectory that Jimmy Rollins is on. Where the guy, is he was a good player. Jimmy is a lot better than Scott Rowland, an MVP. But he's on that trajectory where he doesn't have a lot going for him, but the more he's on there, the more people realize his numbers, I think Jimmy will get in. But for Ryan Howard, who was during his time, he had a stretch from 2006 to 2011 to be, it was him and Albert Pujols were the top power hitters in baseball. To only have one year on the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame ballot is insane to me. Insane. Did I think he was going to get in this year? No, no, not at all. He doesn't deserve that. But in three, four, five, six years, can you make a case for Ryan Howard? Yes. 100% I think you can. And here it is. During that six-year run, Ryan Howard averaged... 96 runs scored, 44 home runs, and 133 RBIs. Over that run, 44 home runs. Never a doubt with PEDs. He put a team on his back that was dead. He was the big piece. He had an MVP season. Won a World Series. Wasn't the best in the field, but gosh darn it, could he drop bombs in the middle of the lineup. And he deserved a better shake of it than what he got this year, and it's a shame. Now, I want to thank everybody for listening to this episode of the BSP Podcast. Got up on my soapbox a little bit. It's not a trillion ten without a little bit of a rant, if you know, if you've been listening. Thank everybody out there again for tuning in with me three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. You know, go check out previous episodes. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at Brendan Petrilli and at the BSP podcast on Twitter. Uh, We're going to post some polls up there. Stay in tuned for what's coming up next. Send requests, what you want to hear from me, what you want me to talk about. Thanks, everybody, so much. Shout out to the 215 and go birds.